politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. Well, the lesser Cuomo leaned on media sources to help his brother, the LoveGov, navigate his sexual harassment scandal that just broke. The White House wants to defend why Biden's travel ban is not racist, but Trump's was. Got it? And yes, the albatross are divorcing. That's right. The albatross are divorcing. Wait, what? What? I know. I know. Let me bring you up to speed on that. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. It's great to be back for the podcast with you. Hope you had some fun the time off. NPR is the best, isn't it? We know what climate change does to everything, but did you know that it's also causing the albatross to divorce? I didn't either. That's how the stupid albatross is. is a species of seabird known for its large size, but these birds are also notable because they mate for life. Well, albatrosses are probably the, the epitome of love in the animal kingdom. They are strictly socially monogamous. Francesco Ventura is a PhD student at the University of Lisbon. He studies albatrosses in the Falkland Islands off of Argentina. They Fun form job. these amazing um, long-term bonds, often lifelong bonds. Bonds that last for decades. Males and females raise their chicks together. They can do it alone. They help each other and raise a, a healthy chick children, that is that? ready to, to fledge and take the sea. And but just like greatest. human beings, sometimes mm-hmm. they do split up. Believe it or not, the scientific term for when an albatross couple calls it quits is divorced. It's not common, but it usually happens when the pair fails to breed. And now- Does that, do, they, do they involve an albatross divorce lawyer, do you think? I got one. I got, a, I got a buddy help you out there with that. Now a new study from Ventura and his team finds there's another cause for albatross divorce. Divorce is affected by the environment in a direct way. There is a direct pathway linking the environment to to divorce, and in particular, higher sea surface temperatures to divorce. Mm -hmm. That's right, sea surface temperatures. Ventura says in years when the ocean surface is warmer, it's harder for the albatrosses to find food, which means they are taking longer to get back to their breeding grounds. Do you imagine the excuse that a male albatross gives Honey, listen, I'm sorry, but I couldn't find food because of the climate change. So, uh, no, I I was not at the Albatross strip club with the other Albatross. No, I just couldn't find food because the earth is like a sent to me warmer or something. So, baby, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Imagine the Albatross comes home all drunk, sticking a fish. I imagine that's what that would happen, right? And sticking a fish, you know what I mean? No, this is, you know, fish falls out of his pocket. No, no, of course I'm still faithful. I'm an albatross. Why would I ever cheat on you? You're, I'm, I'm made for life. And then kind of burps a little bit, you know? What a great excuse. I wonder if guys, in, like human males, can try this. Causes their mates to sometimes move on to new love interests. Ventura also thinks stress hormones come into play. Those hormones spike when albatrosses have trouble finding food. Higher levels of, of um, uh, stress or Higher levels of pure uh, bullshit-ding uh, on this podcast will make you uh, shake your head that your taxpayer dollars pay for this. But uh, the stress levels, that's another thing. If I was a male albatross, is also what I'd do. Like, honey, I can't take it. I'm stressed. Have you seen the icebergs melt? Or wherever the hell we live, we're albatross. I don't know. But you see that? The, the sea, look at that. Ah, I'm all nervous. Look at that. I'm sorry I'm late. No, I wasn't out drinking or playing cards again. It's just, I'm stressed. Females might lead them to misinterpret um, this higher stress as a poor performance by the partner. 
and therefore divorce. Wait, 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 did they just say that if a male albatross has trouble in the bedroom, he can blame it on stress from the environment? Did I just hear that? I think I just heard that. Honey, it's not, listen, it's not you. This has never happened to me before, but this climate change is getting to me. I mean, I can't even, you know, this is, oof, this is awkward. This is, you know, this has never happened to me, but this is definitely climate change. The pollution and the air and then the stress and all of it. Ventura says climate change makes this especially worrying. We know that the global oceans are warming up and they are predicted to further warm up uh, in the future. Now, albatross divorce may not be the first thing that comes to mind when mm. you think of climate change. Or the last but, thing, or, or ever a thing, by the way. Not just the first thing, not the last thing, not the middle thing, not the, like the, not the 247th thing, it just doesn't. Albatross divorce just doesn't ever come up. And anyone's thinking, except NPR, because your taxpayer dollars fund them, so why the hell not? But climate can surprise us in, in so many ways, and the idea that we've got it under control. I think it's a bit arrogant. Um, so we need to understand that there are things that are well beyond our current understanding and that things might, might get surprisingly bad. Ventura isn't worried the birds he studies will start to dwindle because of higher divorce rates, but he does worry for other smaller albatross populations. Well, always the underprivileged albatross populations that you have to worry about. You see an albatross divorce court too and the guy goes, Your Honor, I just want to say that I only ran off with the other albatross because uh, there was uh, melting sun spare fly, solar things. And I, all right, I'm pleading no contest. Then do they have custody battles over the little albatross? I wonder, is that a thing? Anyway, uh, that's uh, NPR for you today. The Lesser Cuomo had some amazing text messages. i share some of these with you from, uh, was it the New York Post or Media? Who do we have here? A newly released batch of exhibits and transcripts from the investigation into former Governor Andrew Cuomo, the love gov, includes a series of new revelations about CNN host Chris Cuomo. The text and transcripts show the larger-than-known extent to which the CNN host advised his brother and appeared to run interference for him. I mean, the shocking new details, Chris told the governor's staff that a friend of his appealed to actor Alec Baldwin to record a rant on Instagram against cancel culture, which was supposed to be a defense of Andrew Cuomo. Now, I think this is before Alec Baldwin shot somebody, but still, nevertheless, they wanted him, Alec Baldwin, one of the craziest people ever to do a rant on Instagram about cancel culture because they were going after Andrew Cuomo for all of his sexual harassment of women. Got it. Quote, my friend asked him to do it. Chris wrote in a text to Andrew's former top aide, Melissa DeRosa. Very close to him. In testimony for the investigation, the CNN host claimed that he, through the friend, implored Baldwin not to get involved. He said, I know Alec Baldwin. This is what the lesser said. I know Alec Baldwin. So does Andrew. I have a very good friend who is named here who called me and said, Alec wants to talk about cancel culture or political correctness. I asked him not to. I said, tell him to stay out of it. It's not necessary. He said, well, he's going to do it, and I think it's a good idea for him to do it. He wants to talk about these things. Could you imagine if that had happened with Alec Baldwin doing a rant on Instagram? That would have been amazing. Then the lesser wanted to help with debate prep, too. And, oh, sorry, damage control prep. Please let me help with the prep, the lesser Cuomo told the governor's top aide. A March 9th report by the Albany Times Union about which uh, broke the news of Andrew Cuomo's sixth accuser set off a dispute between the Lesser Cuomo and DeRosa. Why didn't you tell him about potential ATU interview with number six, Chris wrote. 
I asked you not to say anything until I talked to him. Melissa DeRosa replied, That was a day ago, Cuomo shot back. Stop hiding, SHI blank. <laughs> Additionally, Chris Cuomo admitted that... So here he is, by the way, as a journalist, getting deeply involved, intimately involved with the messaging of his brother's scandal. While well, he's the CNN primetime host, and he's belittling the governor's top female aide, Melissa DeRosa. Additionally, Chris Cuomo admitted that he had asked other journalists whether there might be more accusers coming forward against his brother. DeRosa, in one text, told Cuomo of a rumor going around from Politico, one or two more people coming out tomorrow. Can you check your sources, DeRosa asked the lesser. Now, at that moment, you might think to yourself, well, I'm sure Chris Cuomo is going to come back and say, listen, I'm a journalist. This is a line I can't cross. Nope, he replied on it. And then 40 minutes later, wrote back, no one has heard that yet. So he used his position as a journalist to find out if anyone was going to come forward and accuse his brother, the governor of New York, of sexual harassment. Wow. How does he keep his job on CNN after this? I mean, honestly, how does CNN not fire this guy? Have they already fired him? Maybe they fired him already. Let me let me just see if there's any news on that. I mean, how, how this guy can't stay on the network, right? And does the lesser to the Lemon handoff tonight, does that include Don Lemon burying him for the fact that he was trying to influence messaging around his brother's scandal while using his position as a journalist to try to get other journalists to help him find info on his brother's accusers. And how he snooped on Ronan Farrow. That's right. On March 9th, Melissa DeRosa, the governor's top female aide, top aide, I'm just saying female because Chris Cuomo's, you know, mansplaining to her and belittling her. And, you know, he always lectures people about doing that stuff, so he's a hypocrite. Uh, DeRosa asked Chris Cuomo to inquire about the status of a report that she believed the New Yorker's Ronan Farrow was ready to publish. Four days later, Cuomo wrote back, if Ronan has nothing better than the former aide and accuser Lindsey Boylan, that's a great sign. He encouraged DeRosa to tighten the former governor's circle, lobbying to be included among, he wanted, uh, let's see, former former Pete Buttigieg campaign manager Liz Smith and public relations specialist Jeffrey Pollack to be in the mix. You need to trust me, listen, Jeff Moore, he said, not these other people. We are making mistakes we can't afford, the lesser said. But she clearly thought he was the lesser media response crisis communications team, obviously. Cuomo was asked by one of the investigators, Jennifer Kennedy Park, did you reach out to anyone to find out if there might be any more Complaints. Cuomo answered yes, and when she asked whom, he said, I would reach out to sources, other journalists, to see if they had heard of anybody else coming out. The New York Attorney General previously revealed that Chris Cuomo participated in strategy calls with his brother and urged him not to resign. In August statement, the CNN host said on the air, I did urge my brother to resign when the time came. But that's a bunch of BS, by the way. So there you go. The lesser Cuomo, let's see if I can... He, he helped him with all this stuff. How does the guy keep his job? I mean, I really, how does Chris Cuomo, if you're in the media, how do you come out and defend this buffoon after this? Let me also mention to you, too, what Janice Dean tweeted. She said, I never, she quoted here Chris Cuomo, I never misled anyone about the information I was delivering or not delivering on this program. I never attacked nor encouraged anyone to attack any woman who came forward. I never made calls to the press about my brother's situation. That's what he said. However, now we know that he engaged with sources to get a read in upcoming stories that took aim at his brother. I have a lead on the wedding girl, Cuomo told Melissa DeRosa. Ooh, he had a lead on her. According to CNBC, Chris Cuomo was actively in touch with them about some of the women here. 
And uh, he was actively in touch over this now. This other was all kind of coming out right now as we're speaking, by the way. Lobby to help the governor's office. Please help me with the prep. And then he said, quote, here we go. <clears throat> Chris Cuomo told DeRosa in one message in early March, then three days after the New York Times reported in March about how the LoveGov attempted to kiss a woman named Anna Roosh, an unwanted advance at a wedding, Chris Cuomo texted Melissa DeRosa, the governor's top aide, and said, quote, I have a lead on the wedding girl. A CNN spokesman did not return an email seeking comment, but the lesser Cuomo has previously said he was not an official advisor to his brother. But he did acknowledge he counseled him, and he was one of the people who encouraged the governor to step down. However, now we know that he was actively involved and trying to also do more. He guided Melissa DeRosa on writing statements for his older brother. He sent a text message with the full statement written for the governor as the following. This is what Chris Cuomo, the lesser Cuomo, wrote to Melissa DeRosa, to what his brother should say. Quote, I will not resign. I cannot resign. I understand the political pressure. I understand the stakes of political warfare, and that's what this is. And I understand the conformity that can be forced by cancel culture. I will not resign. I cannot resign. I am green eggs and ham. Sam, I am. There we go. So, it's obvious now that Lester Cuomo lied to everybody. We knew he did when he said he wasn't actively involved. This man is a buffoon. This man pretends to be a journalist uses his position as a journalist to help his brother, who's the governor of the state of New York, while he is the primetime host on CNN, and then acts like he's not doing any of those things. And he bullies and intimidates women just like his brother does. What a disgrace. Let's cut through the BS. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. So uh, I like this little comment from Chuck Todd today regarding the Omicron variant, which apparently now... That's the new thing now. The the uh, what what what? Yeah, Biden messed it messed it up today again. But first, let me do this. Let me do this. This is uh, Chuck Todd here. Here we go from uh, Meet the Press. One of the things about his COVID response over the last couple of months is one could argue he has not he has not been the face of the COVID response. Not in some time, really. Not really since we declared our back in July when he declared our independence from the virus, obviously prematurely. Obviously, Chuck, prematurely, Biden declared our independency from the virus how do you say this this variant anyway anybody know anybody know this is um a little difference here of jen Psaki trying to explain how trump's travel bans were xenophobic biden's are not thank you jen before joe biden was president he said that covid travel restrictions on foreign countries were hysterical xenophobia and fear-mongering so what changed well, I would say first to put it in full context, Peter, what the president was critical of was the way that the former president put out, I believe, a xenophobic tweet uh, and how he called that what he called the coronavirus uh, and and who he directed it at. The president has not been critical of re travel restrictions. We have put those in place ourselves. We put them in place ourselves in the spring. But no, he does not believe. He believes we should uh, follow the advice of health and medical experts. That's exactly what he did in putting in place these restrictions over the weekend. Got it. So when he does it, it's not racist, even though Africa, African countries have been slamming this all day and saying, you're literally punishing us for this when we brought you the world, the knowledge of this. And also, by the way, other countries around the world are really going to have to think twice now before letting anybody know they have a variant since the United States will now just immediately cut off travel of them. But when Trump did it, it was racist. Got it? 
Here's the president today repeatedly botching the name of this variant, which is Omicron, by the way, Omicron. Today, I want to take a few moments to talk about the new COVID variant first identified last week in Southern Africa. It's called the Omicron. Omicron. It is the, uh, to their credit. By the way, Omicron sounds like a Marvel Avenger, doesn't it? Like a bad, no, a bad guy the Avengers would fight. We're here to fight Omicron. Scientific community in South Africa quickly notified the world of the emergence of this new variant. This kind of transparency is to be encouraged and applauded because it increases our ability to respond quickly to any new threats. And that's exactly what we did. The very day the World Health Organization identified the new variant, I took immediate steps to restrict travel from countries in Southern Africa. But while we have that travel restrictions can slow the speed of Omicron, Omicron. cannot prevent it. Omicron. Got it? Omicron. By the way, what did Fauci do today? The little little bureaucrat butt kisser that he is, and he really is. He called it Omicron too. You know why? Because he's a bureaucrat butt kisser. That's why. And since the president called it Omicron, even though it's Omicron, Fauci decided to do the exact same thing because that's what bureaucrat butt kissers do. We already have in place when people come into the United States, they have to be tested before they get on and they have to show vaccination uh, uh, documentation. So even before Omicron came in, we have a situation where we'll be able to test it. So even before this variant that's not named Omicron came around, we've decided to be testing everybody. Uh, Biden today would not call on any reporters unless he had their they were on a list. And at one point he got confused about which Alex he was calling on and couldn't believe that there could be a woman named Alex, which, as you know, could be short for Alexandra, as you know. But hey, what are you going to do it? I mean, times have changed a lot since Corn Pop was a bad dude. Am I right? So this is the South African president. What he said today regarding the ban, thanks to Joe Biden, because of the Omicron variant. President demanding a reversal. Here he is. We call upon these countries that have imposed travel bans on our country and our other Southern African sister countries to immediately and urgently reverse their decisions. Now, these restrictions are completely unjustified and unfairly discriminate against our country and our Southern African sister countries. All right, one more, and then I can't wait to get to the the point where Biden criticized President Trump. Okay, just hold. That is the the president of South Africa. Uh, Again, the White House justifying this. One more time. Thank you, Jen. Before Joe Biden was president, he Mm -hmm. said that COVID travel restrictions Mm -hmm. on foreign countries were hysterical xenophobia and fear-mongering. So what changed? Well, I would say first, to put it in full context, Peter, what the president was critical of was the way that the former president put out, I believe, a xenophobic tweet uh, and how he called, what he called the coronavirus uh, and and who he directed it at. The president has not been critical of travel restrictions. We have put those in place ourselves. We put them in place ourselves in the spring. But no, he does not believe. He believes we should uh, follow the advice of health and medical experts. That's exactly what he did in putting in place these restrictions over the weekend. No, there you go. (laughs) Oh, man, I'll tell you what. It's cute, isn't it? It's cute. Do you want to hear how the World Health Organization explained why they skipped Xi's name? They skipped Xi? Because they said 
new, which is the first letter that they were supposed they skipped, is too easily confounded with new. And G is not used XI because it's too common of a name. Got it? Too, 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 too of a name. Um, I am really tired of people who think that Anthony Fauci is, in fact, a political guy when he's clearly just a, 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 someone dedicated to helping with public health. He's not a political guy. And he's certainly not uh, anyone who would get involved in political scrum. I'm <laughs> just kidding. He's totally a political uh, hack, isn't he, though? Here's him saying that Ted Cruz should face trouble. Well, take a listen. So anybody who spins lies and threatens and all that theater that goes on with some of the investigations and the congressional committees and the Rand Pauls and all that other nonsense, that's noise, Margaret. That's noise. The Rand Pauls and all that other nonsense. You mean duly elected United States senators doing their constitutional function of oversight of the executive branch of government. That's noise, Margaret. Noise. Got it? So a United States senator doing his job as a senator to make sure that the executive department of government, the executive branch of which Fauci is a part of, is doing what they're supposed to be doing, spending money appropriately and whether or not they're hiding things, transparency of the people. That's all nonsense. The Rand Pauls of the world, Margaret. I'm start this again. So anybody who spends lies and threatens and all that theater that goes on with some of the investigations and the congressional committees and the Rand Pauls and all that other nonsense. That's noise, Margaret. That's noise. I know what my job is. Senator Cruz told the attorney general you should be prosecuted. Yeah. <laughs> I have to laugh at that. <laughs> I should be prosecuted. What happened on January 6th, Senator? <laughs> Do you think that this is... No, what happened on January 6th, Senator? Think about this now. Fauci should be prosecuted for lying to Congress, which has a function of ensuring that the executive is doing its job. Okay, and so now he's trying to change the subject here from his lying to Congress about gain-of-function research into January 6th. Got that? Okay, let's see if Margaret Brennan holds him accountable for that. Out making you a scapegoat to deflect of course. from President Trump? Now, of course, one more time of course, here. President Trump. Of course. <laughs> Do you think How about that Fauci's this creepy What laugh? happened on January 6th, Senator? <laughs> Do you he sounds like, you know, he reminds me of like a, like a Batman villain. You know, <laughs> what happened on January 6th, Batman? <laughs> I got him now. Think that this is about making you a scapegoat to deflect of course. from President Trump. Of course. Y hey, Margaret, no offense. I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but why not push back and say, well... Uh, January 6th has nothing to do with the reason why Ted Cruz is saying you should be prosecuted. And he's saying you should be prosecuted for lying to Congress about gain-of-function research. Did you lie to Congress about gain-of-function research, Dr. Fauci? You have to be asleep not to figure that one out. Well, there are a lot of Republican senators uh, taking aim at this. I mean, That's okay. I'm just going to do my job. And I'm going to be saving lives, and they're going to be lying. It seems another layer of danger to play politics around matters of life and death right exactly 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 margaret me, they're just going after that's me unbelievably bad because all i want to do is save people's lives that's it I mean, just save people anybody lives. who's looking at this carefully realizes that there's a distinct anti-science flavor to this got it so he's about saving lives and these people are just anti-science 
Now you know. Good. Now, the more you know, right? You could tweet about this, though, about Twitter, uh, but they have a new CEO now. The new CEO at one point tweeted the following. CEO's name is Parag Agrawal. Uh, Quote, if they are not going to make a distinction between Muslims and extremists, then why should I distinguish between white people and racists? Fantastic. There's your new CEO of Twitter, everybody. Right there. And uh, if you think Twitter was fun now in terms of targeting people based on their political views, just strap in and wait. That's all I can tell you. Just strap in and wait. Uh, White House, the World Health Organization spokeswoman today came out and said that the travel ban announced for South Africa in response to the new Omicron, Omicron variant uh, is is terrible. She said South Africa should get a gold medal for their transparency on Omicron. Dr. Margaret Harris, who came out and said that today. Now think about that right now. If the media was not a joke in this country, they'd be hammering Biden over this travel ban for a couple of reasons. Number one, they would be hammering him over the fact that uh, he was a hypocrite for what he said about Trump. But leaving leaving that aside for a second, they'd be hammering him because it's too late. It's days after. And one member of the press, Bloomberg, asked him that today. I mean, it's days after. What's the point of doing this today? Secondly, they'd be hammering him because South Africa is saying, please reverse this. We, we, we didn't do anything wrong here. Don't punish us. Third, they'd be hammering him because it's going to lead other countries around the world to hide whatever data they have on their variants. And fourth, because it's just a really crappy thing to do. This is what the World Health Organization Regarding that, so much here. that is not known and what, what more needs to be known. Joining me right now is Dr. Margaret Harris. She's a spokesperson for the World Health Organization. Doctor, thank you for being here. I, I looked with interest um, that the WHO put out a technical brief today, and it says that the overall global risk um, with this new variant and the way it was written is assessed as very high. What does that mean, Doctor. Uh, Good afternoon, Kate. Actually, that refers to our assessment of the COVID outbreak altogether. It's a a technical position, really, that if the overall event, the COVID outbreak, is assessed as very high, a sub-event like the arrival of a new variant is also assessed as very high. So it sounds a bit more frightening than it is. It really refers to the entire pandemic is very high risk. And that's a very important message. I think people have forgotten how high a risk we are still all facing. Well, that's absolutely right. Taken all together, the, the world is still at high risk of the pandemic. But let's talk, let's focus on this new variant that is, that is creating alarm around the, around the world. But the question is, how much is known? How much isn't known? And what level of concern should there really be in this moment? From your assessment, what worries you most about the Omicron variant that we don't have answers to right now? So you're quite right. We don't have nearly enough answers altogether. Now, what we do know is that this variant has more mutations, particularly in the spike region, and that's the bit it uses to get into our cells and cause all the problems in the lung tissues and other tissues. And um, it has some mutations that we've seen in other variants. So it's just got more of things that we don't like the look of. But We don't have enough information about whether it's more transmissible, whether it's going to cause more severe disease. And critically, 
is it able to escape the effects of the immune of the vaccine? So does it have what we call immune escape, the ability to evade the immunity we create by having vaccines? Now, think about that for a moment, right? The world is in panic mode right now. Governors are, at least the governor of New York, declaring executive emergencies, travel bans in place. We don't know how transmissible it is. We don't know how sick it makes you. We don't know if it evades vaccines. We don't, we don't know anything. The World Health Organization is admitting they don't know a damn thing, and yet we're doing all of these outrageous steps to panic everybody. And the doctors on the ground there so far said all the symptoms have been mild. Just, just keep this in mind as you think about this now. And why leaders make the decisions that leaders make. Because they're not leaders. They're politicians and bureaucrats. That's why. That's why. Because they are, they are more interested in promoting themselves and advancing their own power than they are of actually giving people guidance and advice. That's the truth. Doctor, let me play for you what the CEO of Moderna said this morning about this variant and get your reaction on the other end he of it. He said we're going to make this, a please. ton of money is what he said. Let me guess. Let me do, we guess believe this virus is highly infectious. Uh, we need to get more data to confirm this, but it seems to be much more infectious than Delta, which, of course, is problematic. And we also believe that it's already present in most countries. Okay, I so it's highly infectious, highly and infectious. Likely but now think present. about this now: highly infectious. But what does that mean? I mean, a, a common cold is highly infectious. What does that mean? Does it mean that you're going to people are going to get really, really sick and die? Does it mean people are going to get really, really sick and go to the hospital? Or is it more infectious but milder? Because that's what some of the Israeli data was showing, that it might be more infectious, but actually milder than even the Delta strain. It's a very important point, right? Here's what the World Health Organization spokeswoman says. In most countries, do you agree with that? Well, again, we haven't got enough data to say that conclusively. What we have seen from South Africa, where they've done extraordinary science and they've been giving us data so quickly, almost in real time, which is just hasn't happened before, uh, that information is telling us that it seems to be competing very effectively with Delta's Delta. In other words, more people are getting infected with it than with Delta in the same sort of place. But that's in small numbers, small areas. We don't have enough information worldwide to know that. But we do see that, indeed, it is popping up in places all around the world. In the meantime, countries are reacting. Nearly 50 countries are now restricting travel from Southern Africa. I want to play for you the reaction to this from South Africa's president. Now, these restrictions are completely unjustified and unfairly discriminate against our country and our Southern African sister countries. The prohibition of travel is not informed by science, nor will it be effective in preventing the spread of this variant. The only thing the prohibition on travel will do is to further damage the economies of the affected countries and undermine their ability to respond to and also to recover from the pandemic. Think about that now. Here is the president of South Africa saying your travel ban, Joe Biden, is going to hurt these poor African countries. Think about that. Think about why the media is not hammering him over this. Think about that. And let's see what the World Health Organization says in response. And, Doctor, WHO has spoken out against these travel bans as well. So what's your advice, then, to governments who want to protect their people when there is so much unknown? So the first thing is to really up your tracking and tracing and your surveillance. Now, a lot of governments, a lot of oh, countries no, have been dismantling that. that, have been acting like everything's all over. In fact, you need to have better testing, better tracking, better tracing. The second thing is... 
get your people together and let them know that the public health social measures work and need to be done. And that's the stuff that nobody likes. The mask wearing, the working from home if you can, avoiding the crowds, avoiding the gatherings, particularly avoiding being in closed spaces with poor ventilation. We've never been very good at that. We did it for a bit, but most people don't want to do it. Now is the time when we all must do that seriously. And get vaccinated. That's the last thing. Uh, Most important. So remember this now. We don't know anything about this variant. We should be wearing masks again. Everybody should get vaccinated again. We don't know if the the vaccine is going to push back on this variant. We don't know if the the variant, like everything else, spreads because the masks don't do a damn thing. But they're going with the same tired guidance once again, even though they don't know anything and they want more contact and tracing. In other words, more surveillance. Got it? At this moment, South Africa sounded the alarm very early in sharing this information. South Af- the way this, the president is talking about it is that, that they're being punished for the good work that yeah. they did. Do you exactly. agree? Do you think that that's what this that's what the effect of these travel bans is, is that South Africa is being punished? South Africa should get a gold medal for the quality of its science and the quality of its transparency. As I said, we have not seen nearly enough of that, of the transparency particularly. And indeed, to then make South Africa feel that doing all the right things leads to a very bad outcome is not good, not just bad for South Africa and South Africa, it's bad for the world. How so? Well, other countries will then feel why would we come out and say exactly. we've got this issue we've got this problem if they see this sort of consequence look not only that but if this was so dangerous why did biden wait days and days and days till when he enacted a travel ban if it was if it was so deadly to human life why not do it right away so no she's absolutely right other countries around the world are going to go i'm not going to tell them about our variant no because then they're going to they're going to lock us off for the world and, and, and they're not going to do it in a timely way. It's going to make a difference anyway. Because let's face it, by the time this this little thing has kicked in today, millions and millions of people have already traveled and intermingled with each other on flights around the world. And this, it, I mean, nothing you can do about that. But they know that. This is show. This is theater. This is Joe Biden trying to put on a show is what he's doing. And the Democrats putting on a show and the media going along with it now for the good of the public instead of turning around and saying, and they should be burying Biden over this. I mean, if this were Trump right now, he'd be getting buried over this. Oh, is this because you think these are asshole countries and you don't like people in Africa? Is that why you're doing this? Could you imagine the way they'd be burying him? Accusing him of being a racist, especially after the president of South Africa comes out and says, why are you punishing us? This is ridiculous. Especially for a variant that we don't know anything about, where we don't know how sick it makes people. And whether our vaccines can stop it. This is a classic example. I know this was a longer clip, but I wanted to go through with you because this is a classic example of how you're hearing the scientific community tell you, we don't know a damn thing about this. But then the Biden administration is punishing African countries and the media is giving him a complete pass over this, even though it's three days too late. And also about the fact that we don't know if this is even going to do anything to stop the spread of it. And all it's going to do, as we know from these from the from the countries speaking out, is going to hurt them. We know that. This is a classic example of the media letting Joe Biden once again off the hook and covering for him. And it's really shameful. It really, really is shameful if you ask me. And I got to go through that with you because, I, you know, it's, I mean, credit to Kate Baldwin for asking the question. But, you know, the reality is the, the entire White House press corps should be burying Biden over this. I mean, really, they really should. All right. Last thing before I leave you today is that the Simpsons 
which is now owned by Disney, Disney Plus, because of their whole thing with Fox. An episode of The Simpsons that shows the family visiting Beijing, Tiananmen Square, is missing from Disney Plus's Hong Kong platform. In the 12th episode of the 16th season titled Google Gaipan, and first released in 2005, The Simpsons family travels to China looking to adopt a baby. Now, while in Beijing, they visit Tiananmen Square. Now, if you remember history, of course, you remember what happened in Tiananmen Square. Of course, that's where students tried to push back against China and communist rule. Student-led pro-democracy protests were held for several months till the government issued a deadly crackdown in June of 1989. And in the episode, there's a plaque there that says, quote, On this site in 1989, nothing happened. Of course, it's a joke to mock the fact that China continues to pretend like nothing happened and covered it up. Basically, the whole story is for streaming companies to be more tailored to a Chinese audience and to not offend the Chinese government, they say. As more and more companies have financial interest in China, they'll continue to go along with China's censorship, of course. Now, if there's a bathroom bill in Georgia, now all bets are off. Have a great rest of your day today. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it.